Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Chronicles chapter 1. It says it this way in verse 6. Solomon is a young man. He gets inaugurated as king. And when kings normally would sacrifice one animal, it says this in verse verse uh, 6. It says, And Solomon went up on his inauguration night before the bronze altar before the Lord, which was in the tabernacle of meeting, and he offered up not one, but he offered up a thousand burnt offerings. Different day, different era, different dispensations. We don't sacrifice animals anymore. Praise the Lord. Jesus was the, was the perfect lamb that takes away the sins of the world. So it says this, though. He, he sacrifices thousands on that night. What night? Help me out, second service. On what night? On that night, after he was extravagantly generous, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, like Robin Williams in Aladdin, ask what you want. Poof, what do you need? Come on, poof, what do you need? He says this to him, ask what you want, and I will give it to you. I think I speak for all of us when we grew up. All of us had one thing in common. We all had the fantasy of discovering a genie. And everybody knows the first wish is, come on, more wishes. Come on. 13 honest people in Orange County. I want you to know that God has never come to anyone in the Bible like a genie except this young king by the name of Solomon. He says, anything you want, young man, I'll give it to you. And notice what happens here in in their conversation. Solomon responded, "Um, you've shown great mercy to my dad, David, and you've made me king in his place. But but Lord, um, let the promise, say with me, your promise. I love it. The series where let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you have made me king over people like the dust of the earth in multitude. So here's my request, verse 10. Please give me wisdom. Give me what? Give me wisdom and knowledge that I might go out and come in before this great people. For who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart. Actually, it says in 1 Kings 3, 5, it says, because what he said pleased God. God responded to him, and he said it this way. um, Not only am I, because you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for wealth, you didn't ask for followers on Instagram, you didn't ask for honor, you didn't ask for the life of your enemies or to have a long life, but you've asked me for wisdom and knowledge for yourself. Why? That you might lead my people well. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you because of it. And I'm also going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you riches, wealth, and honor, such as no other king in history who was before you or after you will ever be like. I believe that wisdom is like the first pin when you go bowling. That if you can strike what matters to God, everything that matters to you will be taken care of. Are you with me? So I want to pray today, and we're going to be talking about some wisdom. Who wants some wisdom? God, I just pray today in a time of foolishness, in a time where people are making crazy decisions, crazy choices. I pray where there's so much anti-logic going on right now in the world, we ask you that we would be a church that honors the wisdom of Jesus. Would you meet us where we are today? Would you bring a cool breeze to blow through these tents? And I pray, God, that you would honor your son in this place. Heal, speak, move, and save. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, come on, shout. Help the Lakers. Amen. Sneak that in there. I uh, I wanted to tell you some things I've been thinking about during COVID season. 
I got some jokes I've been thinking about. Thought I'd test them out on you. Is that all right? I think God has a sense of humor. If you don't like laughing, you're dismissed. I was thinking about this. They're all they're gonna be inside jokes, you know, it's COVID season. Just making sure you're awake. Uh, but I was thinking about a lot of things. Uh, we did, uh, you know, like many people, we did 12 weeks of online church, just online. And it's funny, we actually still got complaints about the drums being too loud. Um, there's a lot of things going on right now with COVID season, uh, particularly one of which is, uh, I think there's going to be a, a baby boom uh, during 2020. Um, how many believe that? <laughs> And in 2033, I think it's going to be the rise of the quarantines. Sorry, I just wanted to just test a couple jokes out on you. Lighten the crowd up a little bit. Um, and, and I know that school, you know, we're not sure what's happening with school exactly yet in September. So I just want you to know, if you drive by my house and you see my kids outside in the yard and they're crying and they're pulling weeds, uh, please don't worry about them. They're on a field trip. Okay? They're on a field trip. On a serious level, uh, this week we flew, I uh, flew to Boise this week, and we spent some time with Rochelle's family, and I just thought it was interesting, have you ever been at the airport, maybe with your wife, most guys would attest to this, and your wife's bag is overweight? Who's ever had this happen to you before? Yeah, me, come on, me and you, Brett. Uh, my wife packed for six years. We were gone for like four days. And uh, it's amazing, I'm at the counter, did you get all those emails from the, from the airlines during COVID? Like, we're, you know? So I'm like, okay, we, we're on good standings. My wife's bag might be overweight, but we're in this together. So I get to the counter, and the lady's like, your, pa- your bag's like two and a half pounds overweight. I'm like, what happened to all that we're in this together rhetoric? Yeah, okay, how much is it going to cost? We'll just pay the difference. And she's like, oh, it's like 16 grand. Um, two and a half pounds over? It's like, I want to buy a house. And so the bag's overweight. You, and if, for those of you that can attest to this, you're in that awkward predicament that I have to move luggage out of one bag that's going onto the plane into another bag that's going on the plane. Does anybody else feel like you're getting punked? Is there cameras somewhere? And the, the worst part is when they go, you got to move two and a half pounds out of your bag. It's like, what does two and a half pounds look like? I don't travel with dumbbells. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that six pairs of shoes? Is that 12 pairs of underwear? What is... Two and a half pounds look like. I think that we should look, if we're going to do anti-logical things, I think we should just go all in. I think that check-in counters at airports should just have scales that you and your bags all get on with some big screen TV shaming everybody that stands on it. Come on, you got side betters in the corner going, big money, big money, big money. Why are we weighing bags but nobody that sits on the plane? Come on, can I get an amen? I was just thinking about this, that we live in a day and age that there are so many things, and these are just funny observations, and I'm not saying there's, I'm sure there's pilots in here, they're like, there's a reason, I know, I'm joking, people. But I want you to know there are so many things right now, every day that we are faced with, that are so anti-logical. Have you watched the news? Like, you've seen things happening in the world, like, what, how have we lost our minds? How are people doing such ridiculous, crazy, it's like common sense is just not as common as it used to be. Where is common sense gone? And I was praying, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Mark, that there's, there's a reason why foolishness is running rampant in the world. You see, it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. 
So let's say it upside down. To remove honoring God is to create foolishness. And the world is trying to remove God out of everything. We remove him from schools and books and society. Everybody else can meet. Everybody else can do things. Church is not essential. God is not essential. And we live in a society that's literally, we are pro everything except Jesus. You want to save wells? Great. You want to worship vacuum cleaners? Great. You want to save forests? Great. You love Jesus? You're ridiculous. And why is it that out of everything in society, the thing that people are the most perturbed by is faith in Jesus. You're Muslim, we'll celebrate. You're, you're Buddhist, we'll celebrate. Any worldview, I'm not picking on anything. You celebrate anything, but you say, I believe. Tim Tebow takes a knee, the world loses their mind. Why is there more opposition against Jesus than anything else in the world? Let me give you another thing if you're an atheist in here. Why do you cuss using his name? Why, do, why does the non-believing world use the name Jesus Christ? You know why you don't cuss in Bahamut's name? You want to know why you don't cuss in Buddha's name? You want to know why you don't cuss in Joseph Smith's name? You don't cuss in those names because there is not power in those names. There's no power in them. You can say the F word all day long, it loses its power. You say the D word all day long, it loses its power. Why is it when someone yells, Jesus Christ, it brings attention to the room? It's the only name under heaven by which men can be saved. There is power in no other name. Jesus is the wisdom of God. The Bible says that he is the wisdom and he is the power of God. You see, wisdom comes from God. Some people say, no, wisdom comes with time. No, sometimes age travels by itself. I've met old people that have zero wisdom. I've met people that have PhDs that are vacant of wisdom. Wisdom is an attribute of God. You can have IQ, you can have high intelligence, you can be well-educated, but intelligence and wisdom are different. Wisdom is the art of living life well. Wisdom, wisdom is what God gives. Wisdom, wisdom is, is, the, is something that God gives us, not for us, but for others. You see, Eve, in the original sin in Genesis chapter 3, it says that she saw that the tree was good to the eyes, appealing, and it says it was desirable to make one wise. So you're telling me that a desire for wisdom is one of, part of the fall. And here's where I would flip it upside down on you. It wasn't wisdom that was bad. It was desiring wisdom only for you. You see, God wants wise kids. But he doesn't want you to desire wisdom so you can make your name great. He wants you to desire wisdom so that you can make his name great. He wants you to actually love other people well to make his name great. You see, wisdom is the principal thing according to Solomon. He said, in all of your wisdom, get wisdom. All you're getting, get wisdom. He talks about how wisdom is the ability to discern justice. Wisdom is the ability to answer hard questions. Wisdom gives us access to difficult parts of life. And according to 1 Kings 4.29, wisdom comes from God. If I can't get a Pentecostal amen, I'll take a Baptist head nod. I'll take a Presbyterian eyebrow raise or a Latter-day Saint deep breath. Come on, give me something this morning. Wisdom helps you answer difficult questions. God's wisdom, according to 1 Kings, is greater than any other wisdom in the world. Paul would go on the record to 1 Corinthians and say that the foolishness of God is still smarter than any of the greatest wisdom of humanity. Wisdom comes from God. God gives wisdom to the simple-minded. 
Wisdom will reward you. Proverbs 9, 12. I think that many people don't realize that wisdom is good. Are you hearing me? Some things you just don't know until you are in that situation, though. I think right now the world doesn't realize how much it needs wisdom. You ever been in a moment like this? You didn't realize how much you needed something or you didn't know something until you were in it? Like, I had no idea. You have no idea how strong someone is until you try to take the blankets from them in the middle of the night. My wife turns into a world strong man when I try to remove. I didn't realize how strong she was until I tried to take the blankets. Some of you don't realize right now there are difficulties. There are divorces. There is depression. There is discouragement. People are dealing with death. How do you navigate 2020? One word. Come on. We need wisdom that comes from God. There is a cheap uh, imitation. There is the Steve Madden version of wisdom. It is a, come on, it is a non-real fabrics that doesn't use the right, it's not going to fit as well, it's not going to last as long. It is earthly, sensual, and demonic wisdom. But I want to talk to you today about a wisdom that actually pleases the heart of God. You see, wisdom honors God, and it's what God mostly honors. Wisdom is powerful. It's powerful. Notice that Solomon's a young king. He goes, God, I could ask you for anything, but I realize that I, I am in over my head. And I believe that the Bible talks about wisdom comes to the humble. Many, many people never experience wisdom because they never get low enough to receive it. Wisdom is something that we have to actually say, God, I'm willing to go low. For God resists the, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. I believe that wisdom is the ability to make God choices. Wisdom is the ability to, to navigate life the way God would want you to navigate life. Wisdom is the principal thing. And notice this, that he could have asked for money, he could have asked for, for, for wealth, he could have asked for a long life or for the heads of his enemy, but because he asked God for what God wanted him to ask, God says, because you didn't ask for other things, I'm going to give you those instead. You see, when you attack the right thing, God will give you everything else. Matthew 6.33 says, if you put God first, he'll take care of every other detail of your life. The problem is, most of you are running around with the details and you're forgetting about what matters most. Say with me, wisdom. Wisdom is powerful. People don't realize that wisdom, wisdom can take people's breath away. There's a story of a queen from the east that comes to Solomon. It says that she saw his wisdom. Wisdom is visible in actions. And if you think you're wise but no one sees it, you probably aren't. Come on, somebody. Wisdom was visible to the queen's eye. It says that she saw his wisdom. She saw how wisdom built his house, how wisdom set his tables, how it aligned his organization, how his servants were seated, how they were dressed. It says how they made offerings to God in the temple. It says when she saw all of that, her breath was taken away. Do you know that wisdom can remove the breath of the world? I believe the world is looking for a church that takes their breath away. Quite frankly, I think that most churches underwhelm people. I believe that Jesus is a God that overwhelms people. Wisdom is what actually takes people back and goes, man, how do they know what to do in that situation? How do they know to respond? How do they know when to get out of that market? How do they know when to invest? How do they know when to buy? How do they know when to sell? Listen, wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Are you with me today? I'm fired up. It took, the, it took her breath away. And some of you are like, well, Mark, dude, I'm not, look, I'm not crazy hyper-spiritual. I'm not fully devoted. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm not like a pastor. What, what, what chance do I have to have wisdom? 
I would say this to you out of James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Notice what James, who is essentially the equivalent of, of Solomon, what Proverbs was to the Old Testament, the book of James is to the New Testament. And what James would go on the record to say is he says, if anyone lacks, just remember, if a pastor goes quiet, you know the answer, okay? If anyone lacks, he says, let him ask. But when he asks, let him ask in faith. Not with doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the winds. So here's what we know is wisdom, if you need it, you got to ask. But when you ask for wisdom, you got to have Notice this, that wisdom is not anti-logic. Go on the record of the other side of it. Faith is not anti-logic. I'm just going to make stupid decisions and ask God to bless them. That is not faith. It says that if you lack wisdom, you ask God, but you ask in... So watch this. Faith and wisdom are cousins. Yeah. They travel together. Yeah. Where there is one, there is the other. Yeah. And some of you are missing wisdom because you have zero faith. Wow. And some of you have zero faith because you have no wisdom. Wow. God wants the church to have both. Can I get a good amen? We will be a church at Oceans that values the wisdom of Jesus and also values the power of Jesus. You see, I believe that God, it says in Jeremiah 33, can I throw some verses at you today? It says in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call to me, God says, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Say with me, wisdom. He says that both those that are called Jews and Greeks, Christ is, watch this, the power of God, and Jesus is the wisdom of God. Do you realize that all the wisdom verses of the Old Testament were talking about who Jesus is? So, like, on the record, when, when, uh, when it talks about in Proverbs that blessed is he who finds wisdom, basically what we're reading is blessed is he who finds Jesus. It says that wisdom is better than silver and gold, more precious than stones. Nothing you desire can compare with wisdom. Long life and riches are in one hand, honor in her other hand, and all of wisdom's ways lead to pleasantness. Who wants some wisdom? Wisdom are, it says wisdom, the words of the wise man's mouth bring favor. Wisdom brings favor on your life. Daniel and his three buddies, come on, my shack, your shack, and uh, uh, Bendigo, come on. These three, these four guys, they had a wisdom that came from God in the literature and all wisdom and skill. Wisdom will make your parents glad, according to Proverbs 29.3. Some of you are trying to impress mom and dad. Listen to me, you don't need to impress them. You need to get wisdom from God. God's wisdom will bring approval to parents and other figures in your life. Wisdom is to listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future. Proverbs 19, 20. The Bible says a wise man listens to advice. Some people don't have wisdom because they don't ever want to listen to anybody else. There was a young guy in the Bible that had three strikes for wisdom against him. He was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. What I've learned is the three hardest groups of people to pastor if you're Jesus, are people that are rich, because usually rich people did something right to get rich, and they think because they were wise in that area that they have wisdom in all areas. Rich, what about, watch this, young, how many know that young people know everything? I have a 12-year-old that knows more than I do, and she lets me know all the time. Young people know everything, so it's hard to teach them. And how about this, rulers? The hardest people to lead are leaders. Did you know that? The hardest people to teach are teachers. The hardest people to pastor are, you go to pastor's conferences like, I don't know why none of my church worships and takes notes, and they're sitting at you not worshiping, 
and not taking notes. It's like, let me give you a little, little uh, newsflash, Jethro. If you do it, they'll do it. Are you hearing me today? People don't realize that literally wisdom comes to those that are humble. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching you and admonishing you in all. You guys got weak there. Come on, in all. Thank you for matching the energy level. Come on, it says, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding, Proverbs 2, 6. Wisdom knows when to restrain your words, Proverbs 17, 2. You see, wisdom isn't always saying the right things. It's knowing when not to say things. It's not always being right. Not always having an opinion about everything. I would go on the record to say that wisdom is knowing not to be overly opinionated about areas that you have no influence. That's good for your business. Someone write that down. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wisdom knows when to restrain words. Wisdom is, is when God talked about the end of the age in Luke 21, 15. He said it this way. He goes, at the end of the time, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries can withstand or contradict. Jesus promised that the end times church would be a church full of men and women that had wisdom that the world could not dismantle. I'm telling you, that's what God is coming back for. Wisdom is powerful. Wis wisdom comes from God. It's, it's with the humble, according to Proverbs 11.2. Wisdom will keep you. It'll guard you. It'll teach you to number your days that you may gain a heart of wisdom. Proverbs 90, verse 12. Check this out. Do you know that if you realize this life isn't it, and you start looking at the next life that's to come, there's something about knowing your days are limited here that make you desire wisdom. Some of you don't care about wisdom because you think this life is all there is. I want you to know you should be spending more time thinking about eternity than you are thinking about retirement. God, listen, we are not home yet. And we need wisdom in this life to make a difference in the next. If you're going to clap, give God a good hand clap in here today. He's here. Wisdom teaches us to number our days. It's the ability to discern between good and evil. How many say that's absent in the world today? How are we arguing this? How are we fighting over this topic? It is wisdom versus stupidity. Wisdom is what gives you the ability to discern between good and evil. It says that when wisdom enters through your heart, you know where wisdom resides? In your heart. How do you know it's in your heart? Because out of the abundance of the, the mouth, if wisdom is in your heart, it'll begin to flow out of your mouth. And if it's not flowing out of your mouth, guess what? It is not in your wisdom. It saves us from wicked men. Chapter 2, verse 12. Check this out. Chapter 2, verse 16. Wisdom will save you from the promiscuous woman. You want to know how some of you navigate getting out of affairs, not getting caught up in that adult, th those bad lifestyle choices? Then write it down. Say it with me. Wisdom. Wisdom will keep you on the straight and on the narrow. Wisdom yields patience. Proverbs 19, 11. It says that houses are built by wisdom and established by understanding. Proverbs 20, 24. Are you still with me today? Is this boring? The Bible says faith comes by. It's like honey, the Bible says. If you find wisdom, there is hope for the future. Do you know why some of you have no hope for the future? Because you have no wisdom. Wisdom will give you hope for the future. I might have lost my company, but I did not lose my ability to dream. And if I didn't lose my ability to dream, there's more companies in me. There's more million-dollar ideas inside of me. I have more. I have, listen, I can lose a house. I can, you can take my car. I, I have seeds 
from God that come from heaven. And listen, as long as I have the ability to dream, you can take anything, I'll get it back. We serve a God that gives wisdom. It says that wisdom is better than strength. Ecclesiastes 9.16. It says wisdom brightens the face and changes the appearance. Ecclesiastes 8.1. It said it's better than weapons of war. 9.18. Wisdom and power belong to God. Daniel chapter 2 verse 20. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. I want you to know that Jesus is the wisdom of God. You know what Daniel was accused of? He was accused of being a God because of the wisdom that was inside of him. It's crazy that Joshua, according to Deuteronomy 34, it says that, that Joshua had a spirit of wisdom after Moses laid hands on him. Do you know that wisdom is imparted? The Bible says if you walk with the wise, you become some of your problem right there. You throw Jonah off the boat, guess what? The storm ends. Some storms are inflicted by the company that you keep. I better stop. I feel something in here today. God wants you to know that wisdom belongs to him. And there is something powerful about as God's people value the person of Jesus, we're saying, God, I need you and I need your wisdom. Wisdom was what actually what Moses imparted. Solomon, he gave an extravagant offering. And notice this, that God gives an extravagant offer to someone that gives an extravagant offering. I do believe if God can trust you with money, he can trust you with true riches, wisdom. And I believe today some people today, they're like, Mark, I don't, I don't know if I can trust God. Stephen had wisdom that people could not stand against. Joseph had wisdom in a pit, in a prison, and in a palace. Wisdom comes from, come on, say it with me, from? And here's what I want you to know as we land the plane, the bank and come up here. That God's wisdom is not earthly. You see, there's wisdom that, that some of you subscribe to YouTubers and you subscribe to these people that are brilliant businessmen and women. And they're making money and they would even say that they know how to help other people make money, but they're not doing it with God's wisdom. They're doing it pushing people down. And I want you to know, write this down. Whenever people give you permission to hate another human being, it's not from God. And that's, if I could give you the behind the scenes narrative of what's happening in the world right now, What's happening is, is the devil, it's not, listen, we don't, we don't wrestle against Democrats and Republicans. We wrestle against principalities and powers. And what the dark forces are trying to do right now is they're trying to get you to hate people on the other side. Period. Do you know what the end times is predicted of? It says that the, in the end days, the love of many will grow cold. You know what that means? It means that you see so many posts that you get so sick and tired of people with opposing views that you go, you know what, I don't even care about them anymore. And I want you to know that wisdom does not come from God. Follow me. Watch what it says in James chapter 3. You ready to go? I know I'm going to kick some sacred cows in here, but that's all right. Follow this. James chapter 3. Watch what it says about wisdom. Are you ready? This is so good. I'm going to amen myself. My, my bottle of water just got slain in the spirit. Watch this. James chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by good conduct that his works are done in meekness and wisdom, wisdom, yeah. But if you have bitter envy, if you watch this, if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie about the truth. Have you noticed that there's a lot of self-seeking, a lot of boasting and lying against the truth right now in the world? This wisdom does not descend from God above. It's earthly, it's sensual, 
it's demonic. Watch this. For where envy and self-seeking exist. You know what's there? Confusion. Confu- How many see there's some confusion in the world right now? There's confusion there, and guess what else is there? Every evil thing. So where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion and every evil thing. Verse 17, chapter 3, write this down. Watch. But the wisdom that comes down from above, it's from above. Say with me, above. First thing that's not in your notes, but I want you to write this down. Wisdom comes from above. I want you to make three hard facts today. You ready? God is real. God is good. And God's in control. If you will acknowledge those three things, we can start off by going, God, wisdom comes from you. So watch what it says here. Wisdom comes from above. And now watch what it says. Uh, but the wisdom from above is first pure. Then God's wisdom is peaceable. Then it's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It does not have partiality without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I want you to write these down. You ready? What is God's wisdom like? Number one, it's first pure. You know what's going to separate you as a businessman and businesswoman? Is you're not going to just be clever. You're going to be pure and clever. I'm not going to make money at the expense of somebody treating someone bad. I'm not going to push people down to push myself up. God is not a God like that. Are you hearing me today? We serve a God that actually wants you to have a pure, have a pure wisdom. Wisdom comes from above. You know what pure means in the Greek? It means ceremonially clean. In the ancient world, they would say, you're clean enough to approach God. Wisdom that comes from Jesus is so clean that it'll actually wash your mind and it'll begin to bend your thoughts towards God. Some of you, your thoughts are so dark and so vexed and so, so, so diabolical. Why am I so greedy? Why am I so perverse? Why am I so fearful and anxious? Listen to me. God's wisdom will purify your thoughts. So I would make a case for you today. You know why, you need the, you know why me and you need to value wisdom? It'll purify our thoughts. Second thing wisdom will do, it'll go beyond purifying your thoughts. It's actually peaceable. It's going to get quiet in here for a second. You know what that means? Peace means between individual. Wisdom, this is what one scholar wrote, wisdom produces right relationships. You know what you need when your family's all divided? You know what you need when you're upset at your neighbor and you're angry at your boss and you're tired of your kids and you're upset with your grandson? You know what you need? You need wisdom. Wisdom is peaceable. Peaceable is powerful. It's, it's not an earthly, arrogant wisdom that separates people from one another, that makes them superior. That's cheap and carnal wisdom. The wisdom that comes from God is peace wisdom that brings people closer to each other and closer to God. Can I ask you a question? Does the wisdom you walk in bring people closer to Jesus? Does it make your friends want to know God more? Is the way you're navigating your life, does it put an appetite in people that don't know God to want to know Him? I got to brag. I think Brooke is so phenomenal. She's a businesswoman. She's a, she's a boss lady. And she's an entrepreneur. And I'll tell you this. She brings, there's so many people every week that she's telling about, man, this is what God's doing in my life. And look, we're going to be great in business, but we're also going to honor God. There is something about peace, peaceability that restores right relationships with people. That's what wisdom is. It's pure. It's peaceable. Check this out. Number three, it's gentle. This is one of the hardest words to translate in this entire chapter. I don't speak Greek. Come on, but I, I do talk to God sometimes. Come on, somebody. 
But watch what one scholar said. Someone, someone who is kind and soft, even when they are right legally. You know, look, man, I know you're, it's hot. I'm almost done. Gentle is a fruit of wisdom. What, what does that mean? It means even when you're right, you're still gentle. It means you legally are legally. You did not break the law. You're right. They're wrong. But you are going to be gentle with them anyways. Can we agree that that is not happening on social media? Can we agree, even if you're right, most people are getting body slammed online. Most people are shooting people, throwing rocks at people online. It literally means wisdom that comes from God means that you make allowances. One translation says it this way, sweet reasonableness. Sweet reasonableness. It means I'm right, I know I am, but I'm still going to be kind to you. I'm not going to slap you in the head with my Bible. Can we agree that some of the meanest people in the world are the ones that are Christians that have the, the word of Scripture, but they do not have the spirit of Scripture? I want to remind you that, that the Scriptures without the spirit make mean Christians. Some of the meanest Christians I know can cite Scriptures, but they're mean. And Jesus said, I'm coming back, and you'll know my followers. You'll know who's my followers. You'll know who's following me because they're the most loving people you've ever met. They're gentle. Say it with me, gentle. Can I get you a couple more? It says that they'll be willing to yield. You know what willing to yield means? It means ready to obey. It means not stubborn. Can we agree that there are some stubborn people? Can, you know what the word stubborn is? It's the idea of being stiff-necked. I'm not changing. I'm not changing. They're changing. I'm not budging. They're budging. Being stubborn, the Bible says, is the same as witchcraft. Rebellion and stubbornness is the breeding grounds of witchcraft. Do you know the first law in the Satanic Bible written by Anton LaVey? Is do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. The Satanic kingdom is built on selfishness. The kingdom of God is built on selflessness. Being willing to yield is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Good spot for an amen right there. It's not only willing to yield. How about number five? It's full of mercy and good fruits. It means that you care for those that are in trouble, even when it's their fault. Can we agree that most of us, we have sympathy as long as it's not stupidity? But the moment someone like, oh, that kid deserves that. She deserved that ticket. He deserved that accident. He deserved to have her leave him. Listen, you know what? You know what? The Bible says that that full of mercy and good fruits, it literally translates. This is the wisdom of God. That you pity people even when it's their fault. The way that God pities you and me when it's our fault. I want to remind you that the wisdom, watch this, the wisdom of Jesus, the wisdom of God. Everything I'm talking about, and by the way, the last couple points here is this. It's, it's, it's uh, without partiality. It means undivided, not wavering or swaying. And number seven, it doesn't have hypocrisy. It's honest. Wisdom from God <clears throat> does not mean you have to lie to people to make a living. I do not have to lie to people to make a living. I'm not going to cheat people. I'm not going to rob. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to mark things up to, to hurt people. I'm telling you right now that, that honesty is a, is a fruit of the presence of God's wisdom. It doesn't pretend to be what it's not. So watch what I'm saying here today. Can I just point you to one truth? It says this in Colossians. Check this out. Chapter 2, verse 3. In Jesus. In who? That's where I finish. You guys got to stay with me. In who? In Jesus are all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I want to bring your attention to this. Who's pure? Say with me, Jesus. 
Who's peaceful? Who is, uh, who's actually gentle? Who's willing to yield? Who's full of mercy and good fruits? Who's actually uh, without partiality? And who is not a hypocrite? I want to remind you that his wisdom is him. And that's why when you ask for wisdom, you're asking for Jesus to fill your life. Are you hearing me today? This world needs wise Christians. Stand your feet. I feel his presence. He's here. He's here. I want to, I want to remind you today that God's wisdom will give you solutions to problems. It'll give you cures to diseases. God's wisdoms will, will, it'll show you how to restore your marriage. It'll give you an idea how to love your kid that ran away. It'll give you an, a, a business solution how to solve that debt problem. It'll give you wisdom how to, man, this is how we're going to go on vacation next summer. This is how we're going to plan for retirement. This is, this, listen, wisdom is what dis, disarms the problems of life. And God said in James that if you need it, if you ask, he'll give it to you. That is a promise, friends. You can take that promise to the bank. I want to remind you that our God reigns. His wisdom reigns. His ideas are better than the world's ideas. And here's my conviction that the church should have the wisest people in the world. Three people believe that. We should. Because wisdom comes from God. We should be, we should be designing rockets that go to space. We should be the ones designing the computers that are changing the future. We should be the ones curing cancers and viruses and diseases. We should be the ones writing curriculum. I don't know if you know this, but God is a creator. So if we know the creator, we should be more creative. It is an oxymoron to believe that believers do not have access to creativity. God wants to give us wisdom. And I want you to mark my words. One of the things for I pray is that God would make oceans one of the wisest churches people full of wisdom because come on we worship a God that reigns come on, who believes he reigns here who believes he reigns here come on, who believes he reigns his wisdom reigns his power reigns come on his presence reigns I dare you to worship him as we close come on he's here come on tell him he's here he reigns
someone you have like I think it's stage three cancer and you came today because someone invited you maybe even said something like maybe God will heal you today and I just want you to put your hand I think it's on your chest somewhere put it just on, on your chest somewhere I pray that God you would heal cancer in this place I ask you that you reign come on we, we remind you that you reign you you reign you reign over the person that has a something wrong with your esophagus you can't even swallow it's like severe pain some sort of infection in your throat, I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal it. I don't know if you're in the room or you're watching online, but I ask you today, I pray for the person that has some sort of issues with cataracts in their eyes, I pray you'd heal it today. Glaucoma, I pray you would heal it today. I thank you, Lord, hepatitis. I feel like someone's getting healed of hepatitis, even hepatitis B or whatever today. I pray Jesus healing. I thank you, someone has an STD. God says, listen, nothing is too hard for me. 
I pray that you would heal diseases that God are supposed to be lifelong. I pray that you would do what doctors could not do, what medicine could not do. We ask you that medicine would verify the miracles of today. If you need healing in your body, I want you to lift your hands right now. I pray there's faith in here today. We worship and we worship it's an atmosphere of faith. I pray you would heal the brokenhearted. I pray you'd heal those that are manic depressive. I pray you'd heal the bipolar people in the room today. I pray you would heal minds, that you would release, Lord, the chemicals that have been unbalanced in their brains. Heal in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for healing today. Let's go ahead and put your hand on your heart if you're getting healed. I pray right now. Come on, we just pray this prayer all over the room today. Say, God, I believe that you heal. So I invite you today, do what medicine, do what doctors, surgeons, psychiatrists, counselors, do what they can't do. Do it better, do it faster, and do it completely. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Some of you are going to feel it right now. I feel his presence. Some of you feel like a heat from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. So it's not fake, it's real. His presence is real. His power is real. Someone, you have like some sort of like, like just severe, uh, it's almost like some sort of disproportional chest cavity. Like one of your, one of your ribs sticks out further than the other one. It's uh, some sort of like medical uh, deformity and it's bothered you your whole life. And I believe that God is healing it right now. I don't know if you're online or you're in the room. I've never prayed this my whole life, but I see God literally like correcting your spine. And I thank you that, Lord, today this would be a miracle documented before x-rays, after x-rays. Listen, people say, Mark, why does God heal? It's a very simple answer. Say it with me, free advertisement. When God heals, you'll tell somebody. All I ask you when you get healed in this church, which many of you have and many of you will, all I ask you to do is share it with somebody. Faith comes by. And when you share your story of healing, guess what? It perks their ears up. I come against autoimmune diseases today. I pray against Lyme. I pray against uh, fibromyalgia. I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal. Who believes that God can heal that today? Heal right now. How many can feel, your, feel God's presence healing your body? Just give him a wave offering. Say, God, thank you. Would you just wave all over? Wave all over. Look around the room right now. This is not Mark Francie being crazy. That is a lot of stinking hands. Come on, give him a hand clap. You're excited about that today. Come on, give him a real hand clap and a shout. Hey! We're about finished. Feel his presence. I want to ask one more thing before we finish today. Listen, you want his wisdom, but listen, his wisdom and him are not separable. You get one, you get the other. And if you want to walk in wisdom, you got to walk with God. Today, if you're not walking with God, very, I don't care if you grew up in church, went to a Christian school, mom and dad were seminary professors, I don't care. If you do not personally have a passion for God, you're not living with him and for him. Very simple. Say it with me. With him? For him period. I'm out of time. It's getting hotter and hotter, so I got to finish. Listen, if that's you, there was four people last service. We've had 92 people in four Sundays before today give their lives to Jesus here in this tent. If you're here and you're not living with him and for him, but you want to, your heart's starting to speed up. You feel like I'm talking directly. You're like, this whole message was for me. That's God. And if you're here today and you want to invite God into your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. We're not going to all jump on you and dogpile. We are literally going to have you raise your hand. And we're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to finish. If that's you today, you say, Mark, I'm not living with God. 
and I'm not living for God. I feel courage in here today. Is there any Christians in the room? Would you make a quick noise? Listen, I want to tell you a secret. If you can't ask God into your life in front of a bunch of believers, you will never stand for God around a bunch of unbelievers. You're in good company today. And I feel courage in the room. If you're not living with God and for God, but you want to, I want you to boldly, on the count of three, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to have you raise your hand. And what, what are they going to think about me? They're going to think you're flipping awesome. And they're going to think that you're making the best choice that you've ever made in your whole life. That's what we're going to think. So hear me. If you're not living with God and for God, I want you to raise your hand right now. One, on the count of three. Two, real high. We're not ashamed of this church. Come on, raise it high. Three, that's me. Thank you. High, high, high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Real high. Real high. We're not scared. I see three. Anybody else? Four, five, six. I see in the back. Anybody else? Seven. Anybody else? Wave at me. Come on, wave at me. Seven. All right. Put your hands down. Thank you. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to close this up. The Bible says he comes when we invite him. So I want to believe right now that we're going to invite him in. You ready? You ready, Oceans? Online, I'd love it if you just write heart. If that's you, just say on YouTube or Facebook or you're on our website right now, just write heart, H-E-A-R-T. Or you can even do an emoji if you're lazy. And uh, the heart emoji. And I want you to ask God, right? We're just going to pray this prayer all together right now. Come on, just, would you, come on real quick. Would you give a, there's some of you that need to make that decision right now online. There's actually more people online watching than in the, in the tent. So right now, if you're watching and you're not living with God and for God, but you need to, I'm going to have everyone in this tent clap for five seconds in a second. And when we clap, I'm going to ask you just to write heart. And I hope your friends see it. I hope your family sees it. Because I'm telling you, when you get bold for God, God begins bold in your life. He strengthens your life. So on the count, come on, we're gonna, we're gonna count, can we clap for five seconds for them? Go ahead and do it right now. Heart. 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 That's me. Heart. I'm going to give God my life. Heart. We're living for God. You will never regret giving God more. You will always regret giving God less. Thank you, Jesus, for those that responded. I believe there's at least 10 people today that, that gave their lives to him in this service. Do me a favor. Let's pray this prayer together as we close. Would you pray with all those that pray today? Let's pray it collectively. Say, Jesus, we invite you. Let's make it personal. I invite you into my life. Would you forgive me? Would you heal me? Would you put me back together? And would you set me on fire for you? I want to live with you and for you. Lead me and guide me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your wisdom. From here out, in Jesus' name, you believe it, say amen. Come on, one more time. Give me a hand clap. Hey! If you don't have a Bible, we could give you a Bible in the back. There's Bibles. You can download the Bible app on your phone. If you don't have a church, this is a great church to go to. If you don't live around here, I believe that God will help you find a church. Talk to us. And uh, I don't know who you are today, but I feel like someone, I had a word of knowledge, someone maybe had an affair or went through some sort of marital hardship, and God's going to give you a solution today to bring restitution to your marriage and actually repair what trust has been damaged and what trust has been lost. I don't know who you are, but I just feel like the Lord wanted me to tell you that he has good plans for your marriage. How many believe that God can restore a marriage? Listen, if he can restore your heart, 
a body, God can restore a marriage. I'm sorry, I just feel faith in here today for this. I got to do this. Close your eyes. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. If you have some sort of marital conflict right now or maybe something happened in your marriage and you're believing that God would make your, your marriage stronger, healthier, and better in the future, would you just either put your hand on your heart right now or if your spouse is here with you, you can grab their hand if you want. But I believe that God is going to do a supernatural work in the marriages of Ocean's Church. We're not going to be a church that one spouse is on fire and one's not. One believes and one doubts. We are going to be a church that, come on, ask for me and my house. We're going to serve God. So, God, I pray right now, everyone that has their hands on their heart or they're holding their spouse's hands, we ask you that you would heal what the devil has destroyed. We pray that you'd restore what the locust has devoured. And I pray, Lord, that our best days would still be ahead of us. Give us wisdom to, Lord, earn trust back. Give us wisdom to do things that would show our love, our commitment, our devotion. And I ask you, Lord, that you would give us all marriages in this church that would be such a blessing and a beacon of hope that we would fortify all of the marriages around us. God, I just thank you for your touch today. Hope today in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.